everybody. Here we go. In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored. My name is Andrew DeFusco, and this is episode 12, recorded on June 10th, 2019. And on tonight's episode is one of the main reasons we started this podcast to begin with. We are going to talk about Fast Passes. Is it a broken system? Well, you'll have to listen to find out. And joining me on tonight's episode, uh, as always, Bob, how are you? You know, I'm off a very successful weekend, um... I know you're very excited about the money you owe me for the Hamilton tickets. We're going to be oh, seeing yeah. Hamilton in Providence in a couple of, in a month and a half or so. Uh, Lion King on the Broadway topic hit 9,000 shows this week. Now, Jay, I know you're a song and dance man like I am. 22 oh, years, yeah. that's, a, that's a damn good run for the Lion King. It really is. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I, and I can't believe this is my next blurb from the weekend, but... At all the Rages Galaxy's Edge this weekend, it's crazy. But Disney felt an obligation to release an official guideline on how to dress at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. <laughs> so real quickly, no robes, which is weird because you can buy them in the land. No right? masks or face paint. Again, okay, I'm on board. No military <laughs> gear, all right, including blasters. However, lightsabers are available because allowed because you know you're spending 200 bucks on them and uh, no full costumes which right. i think is the no full costumes is in line with the with the standard park uh, with the standard park procedure they have in place yeah but uh, aren't they going to have full costumes when they open up the hotel and have, have you literally cosplay in the hotel they'll have but a don't you worry that you have to walk don't you worry jay jay you can wear tribute clothing whatever the hell that means <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can Jay, Jay, I know I know you're not a flashy guy in any way. You can wear muted tones, vests, and layers. Because oh, when it's hundred and three degrees <laughs> with ninety-five percent humidity in central Florida, I think vests and layers is the way I want to go. But <laughs> enough <laughs> enough for my weekend, guys. Jay, how about you? All right. So finally the heat wave that we've had down here has come to an end. We had almost a month of barely any rain and just absolutely scorching temperatures. We ended up the past oh, five or six days, we've had quite a bit of rain. It's been kind of spread out, and then every once in a while we'd have a big storm or whatever. But finally getting wet down here. Um, next thing I know I talked about, uh, we went to Water Country up in Colonial Williamsburg area a couple weeks ago for a, a family vacation kind of trip just to cool off at the beginning of the summer and also for my youngest daughter's birthday. And while we were up there, we always enjoy the colonial Williamsburg stuff. I'm a big American history buff. And Excellent. We talked about the possibility of coming back and doing a uh, colonial Williamsburg trip. And we talked about doing it over the 4th of July weekend, which we've done before. It's absolutely phenomenal. 
you get the goosebumps and everything when they come out and and actually read the Declaration of, Appen- of yeah. Independence and everything. I mean, Jay, that's Ooh. hashtag America, baby. Hashtag America. Yes, well, you see, there's another part to that. As uh, Amber was perusing Facebook earlier this week, we found out that uh, apparently, and I didn't realize this, Colonial Williamsburg occasionally will ask uh, celebrities to come and do what they call a residency with them. Well, they have somebody who's coming down for the 4th of July this year, and it's none other, none other than Anika Nani Rose. Wow, Princess Tiana, well yeah. done, sir. Yeah. See, that, that's not so, bad. Yeah, and, and my youngest daughter's favorite movie is, of course, Princess and the Frog. So nice. That I thought was you were going to say Black Cauldron, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, since you're on the topic, right, I got to do, I, you know, last week I, I lost sleep, guys. I went to bed that night and I said, oh, my God, did I make the right decision? You guys oh, put the pressure on me. I know I where he's the going, folks. Cane, as we all know, over Maleficent. And what happened? What did I do? Over the last week, I spent my time listening on tape to the first book of the Black Cauldron known as the Chronicles of Predane. And let me tell you, I learned a little bit more about the Horn King. And, um, you know, I started book two today. I, I'm not yet to admit I was right or wrong. But I will say I'm 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 learning about the Horn King, and um, to be you know to be continued because uh, you know I I, I want to do justice on this podcast and I want to make sure we made the right decision. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I went back and did some fact checking because you know that's my specialty on this episode on these shows. <laughs> I'm the fact check guy. We done dropped the ball last week. Um, I, there's no going back. That podcast is in the can, signed, sealed, and delivered. But I personally think Jay might have had it right upon a, a upon further review, as they say in the NFL. Uh, Jay threw the red challenge flag, and we went under the hood. And I, I think we're we're both second guessing our choice of the the mighty Horned King for greatest villain. But uh, <laughs> alas, that's uh, that's where we are this week. So, oh boy. And, and and speaking of us ranting about this, I I have. A rant oh that I want to talk about internet trolls for a second, right? Oh As boy. we know, over the last week or so, some of the new Lion King uh, live-action posters have been released. And people are very upset about what Pumbaa looks like. And let me just say this. It's like you a war talk. And that's my point. Right. It's a live-action <laughs> film. I don't know what these people are complaining about. Well, he looks scary. He's not cute. Yeah. No, he's not cute. He's a live freaking warhog. So, you know, that, that bothers me. That, that grinds my gears. Yeah, that's um, what grinds your gears. But, uh, you know, enough about me, Jay. What, what, what are you excited for? Just show me some excitement going on right now. All right. So for those of you who are not big into video games, this weekend has been the event of the year for video games. It's called E3, the Electronics Entertainment Expo. So, of course, the big announcement this year and that – I guess you could say it somewhat relates to Disney, would be the fact of Jedi The Fallen Order, which I have been looking forward to this game for. They announced it last year at E3, and I've been looking forward to it, um, partially because one of the first games that I really played when, when I was coming up as a youngster was Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. It was a game that 
really was the fir- one of the first in terms of uh, getting mul- online multiplayer back in the mid-90s. And I actually, at that point in time, was starting to learn my, my, what ended up being my, my craft, my career as a computer technician. I, at that point in time, I was building and creating levels for this game. It eventually, it moved on to a game called Jedi Outcast and then Jedi Academy. But it was the fact that we were able to go in, create our character, and actually fight somebody with our force powers, our lightsabers, absolutely amazing it's it's one of the if even if you go back and talk to people who played these games they will still tell you it's one of the best star wars experiences ever in gaming and this this new one is shaping up to look exactly like it and it looks amazing it starts right after order 66 and essentially you're one of the only jedi left i'll just leave it at that because i could i could go even further (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely And and i'm excited for that i'm excited for e3 I know uh, big announcements for tomorrow for Nintendo. Uh, we'll all be uh, waiting and seeing. But uh, so enough with that. I, th- I think it's time to move over to some uh, official big news items. So why don't you take this away there, Jason? All right, certainly. So vacation packages for 2020 will be available and be, uh, as of next Tuesday, June the 18th. You can start planning your vacation for the 2020 season. With the end of the Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot, work is now underway to on the new Experience Experience Center in the Odyssey Events Pavilion. The Odyssey is now closed for renovation. The Experience Center will showcase the many changes that are coming to Epcot over the next couple of years. Yeah, Jay, I think that's one of those that... Coming up in August uh, 23rd to the 25th at D23, we'll be hearing a lot about that, that the new experience is coming to Epcot. So I, I think ultimately that'll be something that we'll keep our eye on and I think try to keep everybody informed of what's coming to Epcot. Right, absolutely. And that was actually something else that I was going to mention too was the fact that they have actually announced the dates for D23 in August. Um, Disney is now selling limited Florida resident tickets you can if the get your ears on ticket provides three to four day options as low as $55 per day, and that is an actual real deal. Your three day passes are going to be $199. Four day is going to be $219. Get your ears on ticket is available through August 25th and can be used for any three or four days, depending on the ticket purchased, all the way through August 28th with no blackout dates. Yeah, that seems to be. Everything with them, like we've talked about in the past, contingent on Galaxy's Edge opening. So you got to get in there before Galaxy's Edge opens hey, up. You know what? I would, I'd love to see the number of sales on these tickets because I most of the people that are Florida residents that are big Disney fans have annual passes. So oh, I, I was going to say a lot of them well, tend to be. I, I, I just I don't, don't know, know how many people are going to say, "Oh, look at this great deal! Let me go buy this." I, I don't know. Well, uh, what, you, what it may be is that you may have like uh, adults and families that they've got the passes and they want to bring their buddy along, you know, one, one of their friends and they could get one of these tickets for them. Yeah, I think Florida is a pretty big state too, though. So if you got people coming up for a weekend or, or down from the panhandle for a weekend, I mean, I think this is a pretty good deal for them if they're not necessarily going all the time. Obviously, Central Florida residents probably have a, an annual pass in some capacity, right. but. Uh, it is it is a good price though. It's a real good price. I wish you, I wish I was a Florida resident to be honest with you. 
Jim Michelson, popular poster artist, has passed away after a long battle with prostate cancer. He will certainly be missed. He will be, absolutely. The Castle Couture store, which is behind the castle near the uh, the carousel, is being transformed into a bibbity bobbity boutique. My question is, did and maybe maybe I missed this. Did they remove the Bibbidi Bobby boutique that's actually within the castle no. itself? Uh, no, no. Uh, so what this is going to be is a check-in center. Yeah, an extension. Of, yeah, so it'd be like an gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Got. Disney has also announced the addition of an all-new animation experience coming to the conservation station once Rafiki's Planet Watch opens in, on July 11. Fast passes will be available on the day of booking. Yeah. So I think. The first thing that came to my mind, for all those that remember back to Disney Quest, they used to have that drawing yeah. animation center. It was an it was an animation academy. Yes, that's what it was. So, um, yeah, I I I think that's that's the first thing that came to my mind is they're going to do something similar. Maybe you can draw some different Lion King characters. Now, the interesting part is a fast pass for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'd I'd like to see a little bit more on that once it starts getting evolved, and um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly perfect that they announced there'll be Fast Passes available because over the next hour or so, I think we're going to completely eviscerate Fast Passes in a lot of ways. So it's very <laughs> fitting that we're talking about this new attraction having a Fast Pass option and us not really wrapping our heads around what it actually is. So. And, and speaking of that, I think it's time now that we move over on to the topic of the week. So that's right. With the topic of the week this uh, this week, folks, we are going to talk about uh, fast passes in general, a little bit of history, how they work today, and then we'll end with what we think is the future and what we propose um, to Disney uh, if, if we were to do fast passes. Now, you know, we might get a little heated here and there, um, but uh, let, let's see what happens. So I'm going to start with some of the history, right? So fast passes, as we know, was originally designed to be a virtual queue. It was introduced in 1999. For all of us that remember, they had those little paper system kiosks, mm-hmm. almost like a little ATM machine. Yep, it required your part admission card, right? So you had your little credit card looking pass. Um, you would go in there, you put the thing in, and it would spit out one ticket. It looked like a movie ticket. Um, and it yep. would tell you, you can come back to this ride between such and such um, one hour windows. And, uh, yeah, you come back. And then once you used it, uh, actually, I believe it was once your time, right? Whatever that start time was, you could go to another ride and get another one. Um, right. Or yes, if you there, used it, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't really a way to track it. So I believe it was the, the when the time had come for you to go on. Let's use Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror as the examples since yeah. they're so close to one another. If you get a fast pass for Tower of Terror for 10 a.m., at 10.01, I think you could actually go get a rock and roller coaster fast yeah. pass for whatever time that they were being distributed at that yeah. point. Whether you used and another one or that. Right, um, correct. There were not a whole lot of rides that had the fast pass. It was mainly just your big ticket stuff. Yeah, no, like, it was a better time. First it was one a better add, time. It was. It, it, I'll tell you what. It, I, I thought it was. I'm not Mission Space. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Mission Space, though, so Mission Space was, I believe, the first ride ever to be designed around Fast Pass. And what I mean by that is they had their own entry. So they had 
you know, here's Correct. your normal line, here's your fast pass entry line. It wasn't maybe necessarily the first ride with fast pass in mind, but it was the first one with an actual of its own entry. You know, nowadays you see a lot of those older rides uh, that maybe used an old exit or they used a single rider entry or they used a handicap accessibility line. Uh, you know, in Peter Pan, you look like they, you know, they just did their whole new queue over. But, um, they're, they're, and that's, and that's the problem, right? Fast passes, I have an issue with all how fast passes work because it's, we, I specifically always talk about how much I love line queues. And when you start talking about fast passes, you go in a different entrance, right? And when by doing that, you miss the queue. And I think Bob and I were talking offline earlier about Flight of Passage, right? Flight of Passage, I've never been on Flight of Passage without a fast pass. So, yeah, I've seen pictures and I've seen videos of what the queue looks like, but I, I've never walked through that queue by myself. You know, and I'm sure there's other rides like that that I don't even realize that I've never been through. And, Bob, I know you, you're a big fan of Everest, right? Correct. And, and I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've watched through the regular Everest queue. Well, right? the problem with Everest is you either go fast pass or single rider. So, oh, ultimately, both of those options, you get a little bit of the queue, but you do not get the full experience. Agreed. Yeah. And that's a ride. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in, in, in the top 10 rides that has a dynamite queue set up. It is beautifully designed. And you miss some of that. When you go on to these fast pass lines and, and these single rider lines, I'm not telling you not to do that because ultimately it does free you up in theory to do other things. I question whether it actually works, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the history of it. So historically speaking, yeah, Andrew, you're absolutely right. Mission Space was the first ride, quote unquote, designed with fast pass in mind because anything that came before 1995. I know we said 99 was when the system was introduced, but let's go with us here on this. Anything right. designed before 1995 when the system was kind of in the works and in the background, it was old. I mean, they were single lines. They were, And honestly, queue design over the last 20 years has come a long way. Agreed. So Absolutely. like you said, Peter Pan has done their queue over, and it's a great queue now. Yep. Initially, it was literally an out-and-back queue out front. I mean, that's all it was. Yeah. No, yeah. It was. Yeah. So, I mean, you still get that a little bit with It's a Small World right now. It's just kind of in and down the ramp and whatever, but they spruce it up with the clock and whatnot. But ultimately, or <clears throat> dare I say, essentially, It's a Small World's <laughs> queue hasn't really changed that much. No, um, and no, they no, actually no. have a fast pass there. It's just they opened up, like Andrew said, kind of like the handicap, the ramp, handicap or, ramp or one of the old exit ramps. As the fast pass queue, so. But, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a big advocate and a fan of the old fast pass system, and you know it didn't require much thought. You went up to the kiosk, you put your card in, and whatever time it spat out, is that what you had your option for? And you, you know, and then you could look. I mean, is it three hours from now or is it ten minutes from now? And then you plan accordingly. Yeah, you know what, Andrew? That's a great point, and this is more of a present day issue than it is a past issue. Um, my big thing for me is. I really think people miss a lot in the parks now because everything is so premeditated and everything right. is 180 days out, 60 days out, 30 days yeah. out, this many days out. Do you even enjoy it? It's all about, and, and I know this is a line used in, in a movie. It, what you, didn't, you don't go to have a good time. You go to make good time now. Yep, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's maybe 
a conversation we're going to expound on in a little bit. Yeah. A little thing about the history for me that I really enjoyed and call it old fashioned. Cause when this system was in place, I was, I was 15, 18 years old, but you know, when this, uh, when this system was kind of in place, I was 15 to 20 or so. So I was a wee lad, you know, I could, I could <laughs> run to tower of terror <laughs> and get the fast pass. And we did. And, and you know, you, you had the cards. So you took your mom's card, your dad's card, yep. Andrew, you took your mother's card, your dad, you know, whoever else. And, and we went and got the passes. Two of us, three of us, whatever it was, went boom, 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 boom. And there was really no policing that. But I feel like it was a much more honest system than what it is now. Um, again, I, I think you can, we could argue till we're blue in the face about yeah. what system is better is no system better. Well, it was, it uh, but I really was a fan of the paper fast pass. I, I really did I enjoy was, the system. I was. I mean, it, there, was, there was no manipulating the system. It was what it was, right? There, there, was, there was no... Right. There right. was no trying to do three early ones so you get that extra fast pass or right. worrying about rider swap and how do you get through it there wasn't that it was this oh, is I mean, what rider it is swap still it. existed that's something yeah different but there wasn't there wasn't the you know the, the beat in the system of one rider swap i mean one fast pass and use rider swap for the other person i mean you know the you know the story behind it but no, 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 you, or, or even the uh, the uh, problem where you know you get ready to, you're going to do your fast passes 180 days and uh oh look I'm at 200 days and it's letting me do it. <laughs> Computer glitch. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, As you guys know, Jay is not a fan of technology. For a guy in <laughs> IT, it's remarkable how much he hates technology. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, do you guys have anything else to add about the history of it? Or well, you I think just... that history is pretty straightforward. Oh, I mean, it's a paper system. It was a good system. I'm not going to say it was without its faults because... I think there were some issues, but again, I feel like it was much more easily remedied if there was an issue with this system, as opposed to now, just my opinion. Um, at the end of the day, I like the system they had. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it worked. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Or <clears throat> if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Yeah. It's a little beauty and the beast pun for you folks. Um, <laughs> but really at the end of the day, let's go to the current day. Because in 2014, Andrew, yes, sir. they spent they spent as much on this new FastPass Plus system with the RFID technology as they spent on, I mean, a good-sized land at their parks. Dare I say, Toy Story Land or Summer Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. They spent a billion dollars on this system. That is ludicrous. That's a lot of money. I mean, you got to think about what they did, right? So, they, I mean, first off, you have to think about the development of the My Disney Experience app. That that as much as people hate it, I personally love it. And they hate it. That's no joke. When you look at what all the information that's in there, um, there's a ton of info. And then and then you got to start thinking about the infrastructure of the system. You got to start thinking about all of the. I don't really want to call the little. They're not kiosks. They're more of a. Um, you wand them, right? You know, the, the little stand in each ride. So they had to install all of those uh, on a network, right? So there's a lot of infrastructure behind it. I'm sure, Jay, you probably know a little bit more of the downer details uh, of what that would involve than we do. But, um, I mean, that's that's no joke what they what they introduced, right? Um, so you have that. Now, now, with that being introduced, speaking for Walt Disney World only, Walt Disney World is still one of the only places 
that I can think of as far as a major amusement park that you get that experience for free. Now, I don't want to go into all of the exact costs and stuff, but, you know, right off the bat, Disneyland is an example where it's a totally different park, totally different atmosphere, but you do pay there. You do pay, I believe it's about $15 a day. Um, you have, you know, Disney Premier Access over in Shanghai, Disney Premier Access um, also in Disneyland there. Then you have, you know, the Universal Studios, Six Flags, Bush Garden, SeaWorld, all those places. If you want some type of fast pass experience, it's going to cost you money. And some of them are not cheap. They're over $100 um, per person per day. I'm, so. I, I could be wrong. And I, this may be, I'm, I'm not familiar with the quick queue. They, at Bush Gardens, they call it quick queue. I'm a season pass holder with uh, Bush Gardens. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe theirs is $75 a day for just the ride everything once uh, quick yeah. queue that they have. Okay. And I, it's, I, like I, I believe it considerably more for the unlimited. Okay, but okay. I, I think that's a big thing for me because we can bash Universal and Six Flags. I mean, Bush Gardens, I think they make beautiful parks. I don't really want to bash them too much. Uh, <laughs> and SeaWorld themselves, SeaWorld themselves, I mean, they, they, they might as well go out of business. You wouldn't even know. But at the end of the yeah. day... At the end of the day, those parks offer something that Walt Disney World doesn't. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's logistically impossible for Walt Disney World to, the, the resort itself, to offer a ride every ride pass for an X amount of dollar figure because there are so many people going to Walt Disney World compared yeah, to these other locations. And that's, 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 the, that's, that's the catch. That's the problem. I, 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 Disney I don't, has I don't, a much, much higher population of guests that they turn over every day than any of these parks. Right, including their sister parks in, in Shanghai and in California yeah. and France in Hong Kong. It's, it's an entirely it's different. different set of, of, of clientele. It's an entirely yeah. different set of park structure. Uh, no other resort area has four parks. And if you include the two water parks, that not that they have the fast pass option, but I mean they're they're operating six theme parks yeah. on their property. Yeah. I mean no no other area that Disney owns or in fact licenses out to the Oriental Trade Oriental Land Company has more than <laughs> two. So let, let's take a step back and just appreciate the magnitude of what the one billion dollar system is because it is a sophisticated oh, yeah. network. It is. Would I have spent a billion dollars on that? I probably would have built some more rides. But at the end of the day. <laughs> That's just my preference, okay? But, but no, I hear let, you. let's not go crazy with how much other parks pay or charge or what you get out of that because I think it's logistically impossible to have an indiscriminate area where Jay, me, and Andrew go to the parks with our unlimited pass or, or our ride everything pass, and so does every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and we all end up at Magic Kingdom at the same time. It, it's just it's a tough system to have. It, hey, you know, there. listen, I, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty confident that Disney pay, you know, has several employees that they pay a lot of money to evaluate this stuff nonstop. Right. That's what they do for a living. They evaluate all these capacities and attendance and what these other parts are doing. And they and, and I'm sure they're today looking for a system that would work in Walt Disney World. Now, what that system is, we can get to and speculate, but there, there's people evaluating that, whether people want to admit that or not. I mean, Disney's trying to catch up the speed and make everybody happy. You're never going to make everybody happy, right? That, that, that's just the fact. But let's, let's talk about why 
why we think Fast Pass is a good thing. Because All right, I'll sit cause... this part of the conversation out because I don't think it's good, and you guys can carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Fast Pass is good for certain people, right? Fast Pass is good for people who I think are are planners that know the system. We talked about right. it a little bit earlier, you know, and I think here are those mutually exclusive things to you, in your opinion? I, I'm not being a jerk. I'm legitimately asking if you think that every person that's a good planner understands the system 100% because we don't do this for no. a living. No, but, no, we, no, but, no, no. But, but we go to the parks quite a bit and we all have experience booking numerous trips to this place. But, and like, I'm not sure I even understand the system 100%, to be no, honest. I think, I think my point is, is if, if day 61, before your trip comes, and you say, oh, yeah, i got to do my fast passes tomorrow, but you don't even, you can't even name 15 or 10 rides, and you don't know which ones you need fast passes for, and then you just say, I'm going to figure it out in the morning when I wake up, and but I'll, I'll do it whatever time I wake If I wake up at 8, 9 o'clock, I'll do it then. That that's not a good planner, right? I mean, they they know they have to do it. That's step one. But if you go in there expecting to just figure it out, you're gonna be in, you're gonna be confused and in trouble. Right? But what if they don't care? What if what if that person doesn't care? Well, I think that leads us to the next point, right? Disney experience and what does Fast Pass do for an individual as a Disney experience, right? Because I'm gonna be honest, I I hate it. I myself can't control it. But when I'm in Disney, I was just there. You're constantly, and you see everybody around you doing the same thing. You're you're constantly on your phone saying, "Where's my fast pass? I gotta be over at Splash Mountain at 10 a.m., but at 11 a.m. I need to be over near Space Mountain." It, it, well, that's just poor running. planning on your part for picking two <laughs> up ends of the park. Well, I, I mean, this it's is just an true. example. <laughs> it, it's, it's again, but it goes back to the people that don't even know the layout, or they're not even sure what that means. You know, so. It just goes back to you, you You need to just stop and enjoy it, right? When, I would when, recommend they call a good travel agent then if they're going to be that confused about where Thunder, where, where Thunder Mountain and Space Mountain are relative to each other. I think you're missing the point. <laughs> I don't think that, that that was just an – maybe it was a poor example, okay? It, well, I mean, I'm not saying – you said it was a poor example. I didn't say that. All I, think, I was saying was that maybe you find a travel agent then. I don't. I well, I know a good one. Anyways, I think <laughs> I know one. I think Jay knows one or two. <laughs> I think my point is is that you're trying to plan a di- a trip to Disney is you know confusing enough as it is. I don't need to know sixty days before, two months before, which park I'm going to, which day, and that day, which hour, down to the very hour, which ride I'm going on. It's just to me, it, it, it takes away that spontaneous decision making and having fun, where you ha- literally have an agenda. And don't okay. and, and you don't so, have to tell them preach to me. You know, wait, 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 wait. Right. Am I hearing this right? Yeah, it's you're, pretty you're disingenuous for you to make this argument. I'm the guy from the, the, the minutia planer over here. <laughs> yeah, Jay, this guy, man, he's lost all credibility <laughs> on this episode. You know, I just missed the spontaneity of going to Disney and riding rides, man. You know. Little do we all know, he has spreadsheets that are 16 sheets wide 
that just have every time of everything down to character meet and greets. He's going to the park at 7 a.m. He's going to these 14 characters before 8.15. Uh, it's good. It's, so, really, guys, I'm not saying trust your source or don't trust your source, but maybe Andrew isn't the guy for you if you want to have a relaxed <laughs> trip to the parks. Hey, I'll tell you what. You want your hand in one of those spreadsheets. You didn't, be, you didn't get that for a nice little uh, Patreon supporter there. Um, tell you but, what. If anyone wants one, guys, call me up directly. I'll steal one from his hard top. Okay, I'll get it to you for free. Don't even worry about it. Uh, <laughs> the point is, 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 it's this. The fast passes plus really changed was a game changer for amusement park experiences. Whether you want to say it was good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, it, it changed the way you vacation to Disney World. It changed the way you go on rides. I think it's a beautiful interface. You... I don't need you. I don't think you need to make fun of it for its looks. I mean, oh, I'm I sure it's not no, the prettiest no, no, no. looking thing I, in I the love world. The but app. I think I think it's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Well, look well, at uh, the troll I mean... Hades over here. <laughs> uh, Andrew, I, I kid because I love. Ultimately, you're absolutely oh. right. You're absolutely right about it. Honestly, it's odd hearing you say that, but ultimately. You are right when you say that it has kind of put a premium on pre-planning. And that is true. Ultimately, for me, I go about it differently. A lot of people I know, and let's get it out in the woods. Family that I know, let's get it out in the woods. Andrew that I know, his brother <laughs> that I know, my mother specifically. She now listens to the show. Mary, thanks for listening. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they go about these parks differently than I do. I specifically now, with the two kids, with my wife, I don't want to say we're relaxed because that's disingenuous for me to come on here and tell you. Clearly, if you've listened to the episodes, you know I'm highly strung. Okay? So that, that's evident. But for me, I go about this entirely different. I know going down there that I've seen everything I could possibly see. If there is a ride that I haven't been on that is opened, or, or for instance, let's use Flight of Passage since that is the the ride that everyone talks about, okay? Flight of Passage is a number one fast pass. Okay, do we right. agree on that? Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the first thing you book, back. okay? So I'm not discriminant against what time I booked that fast pass. But after that, I almost booked my fast passes for later in the day. And you guys think I'm crazy. I like to get up, and I'm spending the money on these resorts that I'm going to, I spend my time, I get up a little bit later than Andrew would. I, 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 we walk around the resort, we get, grab some small breakfast, we walk around. Like this time we went to Port Orleans Riverside, we spent more time at the resort than I've ever spent at a resort in, in 15 years since I've gone. And it was so enjoyable to me to not be tied down to just, oh my God, we've got to get from A to B to C to get to D. It was just such a different experience for me to just take a step back and almost go the way we used to go, where you used to just kind of take your time. And if you miss something, I mean, listen, they're constantly changing the parks. But if you miss something, guys, it's going to be there for the most part. You can catch it next time. And I know that's a foolish way to think because not everybody goes down as many times as, as we would like to, okay? But at the end of the day, I, I, I do think you do need to plan, but you don't need to go the other way where, like, you have everything down to the second. I try to encourage people when they come to me and say, what do you do when you go to Disney? And I say, listen, go and enjoy it. 
you're going to have to book the fast passes to get on certain rides. That that is a necessary evil yeah. of going to the parks right now. Yeah. But go and enjoy it. Look around the details. Dare I say, <clears throat> Dino Land itself is a beautifully designed <laughs> land, and I there think walking around there just on fast passes, you're missing out on what that story is. But uh, I'm not going to make it a Dino Land podcast tonight. But I think for me. It is a good thing because people will miss rides. And if you've never been, you do have the benefit of booking, let's say, Frozen Ever After. Jay, not your favorite ride. But if your girls were a little younger, you would need to get on at 7 o'clock and book that Fast Pass. Oh, that's necessarily evil. That, I mean, that's and I think, honestly, I think the idea of the Fast Pass system is not for the guys like us that have been there time and time exactly. again. It's exactly. for the people that go once in their life, you know, once you right. know, every three or four or five years. It's yeah, for the people that they have the intention of going there to do these specific things, and they've only got a certain amount of time to do it in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we give Andrew a hard time. It's just really a personal preference on how you want to go to the parks. I know Andrew's a big, big supporter of he goes out early comes back and does the hotel stuff in the afternoon where I do yep. the hotel stuff in the morning. And then we go to the parks later in the day and catch some of the nighttime stuff and, and kind of stay out a little bit later. So that that's really where the difference is. It's not an ideological difference. It's just the difference of, of how you want to go to the parks. No, and, I mean, that, right. that's all it's it is. A thing. And then yeah. that's also kind of where I'm kind of, I tend to be in the middle of you guys. We'll do a lot of stuff in the morning, come home or, or come back to the hotel about two or three you know, rest a little bit, cool off. And then around dinner time, we go back out and spend the rest yep. of the night out. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, absolutely. With the young yeah, kids, I think that's hard, but someday I'll, I'll get there yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Ultimately, <laughs> when Andrew says, why is Fast Pass good? My first response was, it's not. But ultimately, I do understand the necessary evil of going to the parks currently. Do I think it's a, a good necessary evil? No. But... Have you ever looked at it from this perspective, guys? Have you ever looked at ride capacities on some of these rides that have fast passes and said, how is that broken down? Now, there's a disclaimer we want to give you before we dive into this. No one outside of the Walt Disney Company knows the exact ratio of fast pass to standby line. You, Admittedly, if you search it, it's it's... You get numbers between 50 and 70%. Okay. When you break down the numbers, and I'm going to let Andrew break it down because he has a, a little chart that he made for certain rides. Just to give some examples. Of course I because, did. Because he's a planner. <laughs> it is what it is. But when you hear some of these numbers, you have to understand we're, we're dead nuts with the theatrical and operational capacities of the rides. And we have a ballpark daily capacity for what the parks hold and a daily capacity for the rides. When we get into the fast pass allocation and the fast pass percentage or the non-fast pass percentage, those, I don't want to say they're hearsay, but they are strictly projected. Okay. I think that's right. fair to say, boys, correct? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yes. So, definitely agree. So, so, so I, want, I want to explain, to, to understand what we're talking about, it, this is going to get a little complicated. A little so, technical. For, for, for me and all you people out there, I'm going to try to talk slow, even though it's hard for me. Um, so turn the volume up, and I'll talk slow. <laughs> now, there's, there's something that's called the theoretical hourly capacity. And what that means is if you take a ride, 
the ride moves so fast and there's so many seats on a, a log or a flying pirate ship or whatever it is how many people to technically go through that ride within an hour if there's no hiccups and, and, and that means you don't have to slow it down for you know a handicapped person dead on there's no technical glitches there's no maintenance issues it moves smoothly um now there's there's something that's called the operational hourly capacity now that's reality that means you're going to have so many handicapped people that are trying to get on the ride you might have a technical difficulty whatever it is so that's the operational that's what really happens in the real world yeah i think we have to grant that the operational capacity is still a best case scenario Correct. in that right. instance that's so a best op- case scenario in that instance the operational capacity will always always be lower than the theoretical capacity right. now there's the daily capacity now what we look at is on average 14 hours the part to be open to close so whatever that theoretical capacity is, whether let's just make it super simple, a thousand people an hour times 14 hours, that means only 14,000 people can go on that ride throughout the day. That's right. the absolutely right. massive capacity. It just doesn't work more right. than that. And if you think back to a couple, a few episodes, this is going back now, I want to say almost episode one or two, maybe episode three, when we're talking about park capacities and how many people ride the monorail Think back. I mean, that's it's almost sixty thousand people a day are coming right. just to the Magic Kingdom, and that's that's conservative. It could be higher, it could yeah. be a little lower, but let's go on that's not sixty full park capacity either. Right. Let's just go. Correct. Sixty thousand people are coming to the Magic Kingdom a day. Yep. It's going to be less at the other three parks. Correct. It, we'll grant that. Yep. So on Andrew's statement well, alone, well, if there's fourteen thousand people that can ride a X, Y, or Z ride, yep, that leaves. 44,000 people not riding that ride. Yeah, or 46,000 people not riding that ride that day. Which is mind-blowing, right? Absolutely right. mind-blowing when you think about yes. that number. And now, the other thing is, like Bubba said, this is this is definitely, you know, we're an assumption. But Internet says, believe it or not, fast pass allocation is about 50% to 70% that high. So, again, Yeah, that's that an means, average. Some of it might be high. Yes. Yep. So on a fourteen, oh, yeah, so on again fourteen thousand people a day. That means out of those fourteen thousand people, seven to around ten thousand of them will be fast pass users. Right. Which means right. if you don't have a fast pass for that ride, now you're <laughs> only four thousand people out of sixty thousand people that are going to be able to go on that ride. I those mean, numbers are mind blowing still, and we've talked about it all week. Those numbers just blow my mind when we yes. hear them out loud like this. It's unbelievable. It, 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 it's, and, and I know that's not fast pass, but I think we're going to try to tie that into it in a minute. So I want to throw some numbers out there. So I kind of broke it down into three tiers. We have rides that are really, really low on capacities. We have a couple in the middle range, and we have some on the very high end. So some of the low ones, you're going to say, and again, you you probably unknowingly know this information. I guarantee you, you walk by rides and say, wow, that ride's an hour wait. Why? And you're probably thinking right now, before I even say it, Peter Pan's flight. I'll tell you what, right. if Peter Pan's flight ride is, if mine is an hour, I jump in the standby line and wait. <laughs> Especially with the new queue. <laughs> hey, at least you know, the new queue will entertain you a little bit. But That's correct. Right. So let's talk great. about Peter Pan's flight. 
Peter Pan theoretical is 800 people an hour. That's it. And now, you've got to remember. Well, that looks this, right, though, when you see the ride. That, that's an does. accurate number. Yep. And when this ride mm-hmm. was designed, imagineered, you know, constructed, whatever you want to call it, this was a long time ago. Fast passes wasn't a thing. Attendance rates were not nearly as high as they no. are today. No, they were not. So, so, like I said, today, that's only, you know, a small percentage of people would go on that ride. Back then, that was probably 90% of the people were going to go on that ride. Um, right. So 800 people, theoretical. Now, operational is 720. Not a huge difference for this ride, but that's about the average percentage, right? I think so you're going to see that with a lot of these Omnimover attraction type things. That yeah. the, the, the theoreticals and the operationals are fairly close because they're consistently moving. So that's they're close, but even still, seven. I mean, that's, that's a small number of people. It really is. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So... Like I said, what what that means is if if sixty thousand people are going to that park, you know, that that's a small percentage, right? That's that's not a lot of people that are going on that ride. Now another one with the same capacity is you're thinking, well, man, Buzz Lightyear Ranger spin. That one always seems to be kind of an odd long wait too, and that's why it's not that those rides are the most popular and most famous. Um, it's that they can't throughput the same amount of people. And and here's what happens is that Peter Pan's flight, everyone's like, oh, man, you're going to go on Peter flight early or you're going to get a fast pass for it. So now that people know this, it, it's naturally making more people go on it, which naturally right. extends the line. So it, it almost Yeah, it's a mob itself. mentality. It's a mob mentality. <laughs> I think the ride sucks, so that's fine. You know, I'm going to go on it. So let's be honest. We all know I, li- I love Peter Pan. It's no secret. The ride is what the ride is, right? It's Be an careful. indoor dark ride. Be careful. It's fun, but it's no different than all the other ones. Uh, I don't know. So, a lot of people love that ride. People that I, listen to this show regularly love that ride. I love so, it. I'm telling you I love the ride. But I'm telling you. I do not. Well, we know that. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about a few other ones. So one of the, the, the lowest percentages that I saw was the Enchanted Tales with Belle. And a lot of people, I've got to be honest, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of people don't even really know this exists. Can I call a timeout on that, though, real quick, on Enchanted Tales with Belle? This is one of those that it is a quasi-show walkthrough attraction. And this is a spoiler alert for later on in the show. That attraction has absolutely zero business being a Fast Pass attraction. Uh, You know what? Yeah. I'll go even further because I've done this and it's actually fun and cute. That attraction has no business being an attraction. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you why. Up next, Andrew tells us how he really feels, folks. The attraction itself is awesome, right? And if you've never done it, I highly recommend trying to do it. The point is, it can only hold 300 people an hour. That's ridiculous. I mean, why design a ride with such a few, you know, well, low it's capacity? Small, it's a little interactive show. And it's constantly like, moving. There's like five different rooms. I mean, it's fairly continuous, kind of. No, it, it, it's it's still not, has no business having a fast pass. I'm trying to justify its existence. I'm sorry. It's like that, you know, it's like one percent of the people are experiencing that fast, you know, that that attraction a day. It, it's asinine. Anyways. Let's move on. To, let's let's progress this this capacity, right? So so some of the middle tier ones is you think of some of the bigger rides that um, 
you know, rock and roller coaster, Tower of Terror. Now, here's my problem when you start introducing line capacities that are greater for these types of rides. Those two rides right there are very strict height restriction rides, which means you're narrowing your audience, right? So versus those 60,000 people that can go on Peter Pan flight and Buzz Lightyear Ranger spin, now you introduce Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. I mean, I have to go off and guess that you're maybe eliminating, I don't know, 10,000 people right off the bat that aren't even allowed to go on that ride. So right there now you're having less people that can go on that. Now you're also introducing a thrill factor where there's going to be another percentage of people that don't want to go on that ride. Right. So you increase the capacity, but you decrease the demand. So it, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. So the numbers are here. Um, Rock and Roller Coaster, you have 1,800 theoretical, um, and you have an operational of about 1,620 an hour. So again, you're getting about 21,000 people that are going on that ride a day. Um, right. Now again, Hollywood Studios is much lower. I, I, I don't know the numbers. Yeah, for now, for about for about another month and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then then you're gonna be yeah. six thousand. Then it's gonna yeah, it's gonna uh, skyrocket for sure. Now now we talked about Flight of Passage. Let's use that one because that's a newer ride that's designed with um, Fast Pass in mind. Yeah. Um, so so that one's nineteen hundred and sixteen hundred. So I would say for that type of ride, that's pretty good. Um, you'll see the weights are are still absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But um, I, again, it goes to the the draw of the ride, so it, it's a little bit harder, right? I mean, like I said, that it's a new ride, it's a new technology. Everyone wants to try it, um, and even after you try it, you want to go on it again, again, and again, and again. Um, so let's move on to some of the the most um, the higher capacity rides, right? So right off the bat, again, you're probably thinking some of these ones that are continuous moving. And, of course, you're going to think Haunted Mansion. Now, Haunted Mansion's a tricky one, right? Because, again, you look back at Haunted Mansion and say, but there's always a wait, right? So, again, theoretical is 3,200 people an hour, and the operational is down to 2,880. Um, so, again, now you're putting out 40,000 people out of the 60,000. Now, again, Haunted Mansion is definitely a ride that accommodates all heights. So you have everybody in the parks eligible. But, again, you bring that demand down a little bit, right? You're going to have some of the younger kids that might be scared that don't want to go on it. So it's it's it has a different demand. Now, Haunted Mansion's interesting, too, because every time you have a ride that introduces multiple pre-shows or multiple rooms, you're going to drop that operational capacity percentage down more versus the theoretical. And what I mean by that is, Theoretical again is how fast you can get people from in the right. line onto the ride. So now you introduce right. that first room, right, where they have the pictures and are you move no, down. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Let's not. No, no, no. Hold on. Sure. So the 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 the, the theoretical in that instance is from in the door to the stretch room, out of the stretch room, through the hallway onto the ride. I actually Correct. did look that up because that was a question. Yes. So so it's a perfect balance of getting 300 people out of that stretching room yes at That's the same right. yep. time and onto the ride as quickly as you can so, and there's no way that happens no no <laughs> I mean, people don't even know what if, if, if you're a first-time rider on that ride you have no idea what's even happening right right so it's all about the cast members in my opinion at that point how fast and how 
good is the cast members getting you out of there and how right. fast is the next cast member getting the next group of people in that room right you know and then again you still have those people i mean i guess once you're in the next room as long as the dune buddy doesn't have to slow down which i think we can all say who has ever been on a ride of the haunted mansion without it slowing down uh, <laughs> i don't i can't say i have um so you're gonna have those people that are just don't know what they're doing they, they're scared because they have to walk on the treadmill. It's, it, it's just every person that takes one or two extra seconds drops down that operational capacity. Sure. So again, the uh, uh, some other big ones there, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean has the same exact numbers as the Haunted Mansion. And again, that's because if you and see those zero guys... Reason, zero reason to be a fast pass attraction. Uh, agreed. And I mean, if you look at how fast people load those boats and how fast the next ones come up, they're... It's efficient. Fine. It's efficient. And it's the same thing with the small world. Same concept. Um, yep. The biggest hindrance there, as I see, is sometimes you're sitting in the boat at the end. But that means that the, there's, there's more boats ready to be loaded. So, um, Right. Also, though, I, I know that um, I don't know how it is with Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I, I'm not sure. But I know Small World has specific boats for the accessibility factor for uh, ECVs and, and the wheelchairs to be strapped onto the boat. So that does affect it. And I don't know that they're always in rotation because it takes up the uh, the back, I don't want to say third of the boat, but like the back quarter of the boat, like the last two rows are a platform right. to come out on. So yeah. I, I don't know if Pirates has the same system. I have to think they do uh, at the end of the day, but small world. So that that's what happens a lot of the time with, with the jam ups. No, yeah, absolutely agreed. And, and I think at this point, I, I think we should all want to open it up to you guys as well too. And, you know, any other things or reasons that we can think of of, and I, Bob, I know you're a big advocate of, of why this capacity. Well, listen, with Fast Pass, Fast Pass, yeah, right. Listen, Fast Pass doesn't increase ride capacity. Let's get that out of the way right now. Like I, Andrew said, there is a finite number of opportunities to ride that ride in a 14-hour day. So if you split that 70-30, that's not creating, that's not creating a 70% more uh, capacity. That's just saying allocation-wise, 70% of it's going to people that booked it ahead of time. So that, that's yeah. not – it just means, you know, 30 days early, 70% of the ride capacity for a certain day is already all, accounted for. Yep. So, listen, the operational ride capacity in Navi River Journey is about 1,000 guests per hour. So if Disney – if the fastest system reserves 700 of those slots each hour, that means that – 300 people get on that ride yeah. in an hour. That's right. absurd. That is crazy and, and you know, to that, think about. That's a poor, poor that that's poor planet. I mean, you look at all those other boat rides we just mentioned. Why, why can't you? They're not even half of that. They're, they're a third of that capacity. Why? Right. Again, well, Not Everybody's Journey was designed to be, oh, God. Here we go. I don't want to make this an avatar thing. But it was like an intimate <laughs> experience. Yes. You're supposed to be on a little reed boat a little log canoe built by the navi and you're going through their forest so that's it's all about theming in that instance that that that's the problem with it the theming is beautiful it's, it's, but yeah. at the end of the day it's it's not the most efficient use of the space correct i mean it was the whole purpose of us right you, you didn't want to see the boat in front of you or the boat behind you you don't want a small world of pirates you might see two boats in front of you on certain scenes and two boats right. behind you they, that they didn't care that wasn't the point of it um, right but, so but I think the, the key thing for me, though, is that the number of guests who can experience 
a ride in a day is a constant number. That's it. Right. Th- th- that's the if we're doing if we're doing a bar graph, okay. This is a constant line across the middle. This is going to be your median. There is only this many people that can go on that ride, and that will fluctuate. The standby line will fluctuate based on the amount of fast passes accepted. So then you're saying to yourself, what if the fast pass doesn't sell out? That's a whole nother can of worms. All yeah. that does is take the fast pass allotment out and it allows more standby. So that's why the median is going to be your, your, your capacity for the day, which is never going to change yep. at all. <laughs> and the other two lines would in fact, you know, intersect at various points based on allocation. That's all but, it is. It doesn't I- increase ride capacity in any way. But that's that's my point is is I think you you nailed it because it's those the people like you said it's the same number of people that are going through right so if exactly. I had if I had a hundred people in a line there's going to be seventy of them in the fast pass and thirty in the standby line that thirtieth person in the standby line has to pretty much wait to one hundred right right mm-hmm. so if it, it I hate to say it but now every time more people come in that fast pass. That 30th guy is going to get bumped up, maybe not one for one, but that guy might now be number 150 once he gets on that ride. Right. If, right. if he was 100 and there was just one line, he's 100. He's on the ride number 100. But now that he's not and he doesn't have that fast pass, he's 150. Right. It, it, and that's where we feel or I feel it's broken. You, you eliminate that fast pass. You're number 100. At least you know you're number 100. Yes, the right. fast pass works for some of those rides that you get to go on and you walk on. But then it hurts you when you don't get a fast pass for one of those rides and you have to wait 45 minutes. At the end of the day, I think it would almost equal out a little bit more uh, if, if you didn't have it, right? And like Bubba alluded to earlier, there's so many rides out there that why? Why do you have a fast pass for I that think, ride? I'll do you one better. If you want to have the rides have fast passes, there is a zero, you cannot convince me otherwise, that a show like Indiana Jones, Epic Stunt Spectacular, that seats 3,000 people per showing, needs a fast pass in any way. Absolutely not. It's uh, No, and you know what it was? I mean, touche to those people that booked them, because that means they opened up more fast passes for me. But to my point is... <laughs> what, it's, what else are you going to use it on? A Disney Junior show? Been there, done that. That was a waste because there's nothing else to use it on. Valid points, you know? Right. <clears throat> but, I mean, I think we beat that one to death, but I, I think it's a lot of valid valid reasons. Right. Uh, no, I think I think what the problem is with FastPass, the, the conception, the, the idea out there is people look at it as a way to... Increase capacity, and it's not. So, so where I work, what I do is I deal a lot with priority systems. Where what I do, and if something comes into my shop that that we have to work on, and it is a priority, it jumps the line. So it's almost like a fast pass system. It jumps the line and kicks every other job back at a certain machine back x amount of hours based on this priority that just came into the shop. So that's, that's what this issue is, is that it's great for the guy like Andrew who got on at 7am and got flight of passage. Oh no, you know, let's throw flight of passage out. Got Navi river journey. Cause he refuses to wait in the line, 
But poor Jay, who used his fast pass because he's only there for three days on flight of passage, yep. he gets hosed because he cannot get the fast pass for Navi River Journey. So right. one, the, the the tiers suck. We haven't talked about those, and let's go very quickly. The only park that doesn't have tiers is the one park that actually needs tiers, <laughs> and, and the rest of it doesn't. No, you're right. <laughs> so the so the tiers basically right now a lot is out there about Hollywood Studios changing their tier levels up to moving Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror into the A group with the three Toy Story attractions. Great, fine. You can get one of those attractions from the tier A, and then every other attraction or show is tier B, except for Star Tours. Star Tours is a tier B now. I don't know if it's I, listen. We but can you know agree. What? The only, the only, the only thing I'll say about that is I, I, I almost like it. It's almost going back to the you have one fast pass. I mean, the other two are useless, so throw them away. Well, at that park, at that park, that park. For that part, it's like you get one fast pass because everything else you don't even need it for anyway. They're all, all right, shows. But let's go with the assumption there are five rides in that park right now that need a fast pass. Because Correct. if if you're getting a fast pass to start towards, you're doing it wrong. Ultimately, that line is never longer than like 25 minutes. It's a fun little queue. Just wait but 25 you know minutes. Now, now that ride is going to be broken. That ride will be broken, I'm telling you right now, because every single person is going to get a fast pass for Star Tours. Because what else are your options? Right. It's so, the only ride again, that's in tier B. It is. So, again, uh, I almost think you'd be better off going to a straight three-ticket system. That's it. I think the fact they do the bonus ones are, are not beneficial because the people that get on there early enough, and if you don't know better and you're, and you're screwing around, you're planning, and, and again, this, Andrew, this comes down to you having the issue with you know people being hardcore planners. If, if you got three, seven, eight, and nine, and then you, again, the likelihood of you getting a fourth fast pass on a worthwhile attraction isn't great. Let, no, let's be no, honest. Right. Okay, Maybe it's not. Or, 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 or you're still going to get a fourth or... fast pass. So, so my point is, Bob, is that, that that's a great example because then there's people like me that can get away with that, and then it penalizes people like you that like to just sleep in and relax with your kids and have breakfast. It doesn't penalize me. Don't worry. I don't mind waiting. That's okay. Well, I'm at the park. I'm, I'm at the parks until nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the day. I don't really but care. It, I'll wait. It penalizes. I'm saying the individuals for it of the fast path. It does. It, it does. Want, it does. Oh, it does. Won't have that opportunity now to get a fourth, fifth, or sixth fast passes. Where if I really wanted to go crazy, I might be able to. I'm going to tell you this: any listeners out there that have gotten six worthwhile fast passes, please reach out to us at the Disney Guys Uncensored at gmail.com. <laughs> I would love to have you on the show and explain how exactly you got six worthwhile fast passes. If you email me and tell me you got a fast pass for Stitch's Great Escape, I'm not answering your email, so don't don't send it. Okay, but right, if you got six worthwhile fast passes, if you got six worthwhile fast passes, if you got Space Mountain, Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, um, Peter Pan's Flight, you got five or six legitimate fast Peter, passes. Peter Pan's Magic Flight Kingdom. is not a good one. Huh? <laughs> what? Didn't you just say that Peter Pan's flight was not a good one to get a fast pass? No, but you have to, no, no, no. What I'm saying is though, but you have to get one to go on that ride, or you're gonna right. 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 I got you. So in this instance, no, I would not do that. But if you did get that, you got Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Splash, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, and let's throw Jungle Cruise in there because for some reason that line is inexplicably long every damn time Absolutely. you try to ride every it. Time. Okay, if you got those six attractions at Magic Kingdom in one day, come talk to me. I want to know what drugs you're doing. 
<laughs> well, I think we beat that one to death in a good way. But I think we're going to beat the next one to death even more because I know Jay and Bob don't agree with me. But we are going to move on. Agree to disagree. We're going to move on to the future of Fast Passes at Walt Disney World. Yeah, so this is strictly speculative at this point. Oh, yeah. This is is our dream uh, scenario. Yes, dream scenario. It it might not even be what we think is the right thing, but it might be something that we want or something that we think might uh, help. Uh, I mean, this to paper. We can't see each other. We'll have to trust each other's instincts here on who gets to go <laughs> first. Who wants to lead it off? Because I, I mean, I, little Russ is a paper. Okay, Russ is a paper. No, tell you what, I got one or two. Jay, one or two. Two. Yep, it was a two. I hand to God, it was a two. If we had a video, it was a two. Jay's going first. All right. So honestly, I think my my best opinion. Would probably just be to do away with a fast pass completely and have a regular line and a single rider line. I mean, really, honestly, what what better can you do? Because it's going to end up being the same people getting on anyways. You're not going to get anybody that's going to be able to skip ahead of anybody or anything like that. Although I will say there are people that will try to manipulate the system. I have watched a group of 20 go into the single rider line on a ride before. But, once again, we're not factoring that in. It's still going to get the same amount of people on the ride. Yeah, I think there's no a decent what... job, though, of, of separating the single riders, if necessary, yeah. though, at right. the front of that line. So, I mean, I, I love the single rider concept. I don't think there's enough rides that offer it. Um, and yet, um, you, see, you see so know. many rides with empty seats. And that, yes. that always bothers me. You know, either even if it's two rides, three rides, Per a lot, like I said, or a boat or a roller coaster, that adds up when you're when you're sending out a roller coaster every three minutes, you know. Right, absolutely. And I will say from from personal experience, I have heard stories of people that actually, you know, people that are, are handicapped in wheelchairs or whatever, will actually offer their services. You pay them to to go to the parks oh, with you for the day. Just so they can get in the ride. Oh, I mean, awful. Andrew's not above that. <laughs> Jay, Jay, listen, I, I will say, honestly, I, I will say in all honesty, I have done something. I won't say to that exact effect. I have some problems with my knees and my ankles. I have heel spurs. I tore all the ligaments in my ankle. And I got bursitis at the ripe old age of 18 in my knee. So when we go to Hello Scream, they know that I've got that. I, I've I've done it before, where I, I've registered with them as having a, I guess you could say, a handicap, because standing in one place will end up hurting me more in the long run than moving around. So I have actually used a handicap pass when we go to Hallow Scream, so that we can at least go through the line a little bit quicker. So I'm not standing as long. But I will say, when I do it, a lot of times I feel bad because I know I can move. Whereas I know there are people that are actually on, shall we say, uh, a wheelchair or a scooter that are, are less mobile than me, that they actually do need that kind of stuff. But there, I have used it because I know that it, it does end up hurting me in the long run. Jay, Jay, real quick, offline, I want you to ask Andrew about the time he sold a lawnmower to a veteran oh, on Memorial Day. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want to do it now. Oh, I don't want to do it on the podcast. But Jay, it's a great story. I think you'll enjoy it. If his name is Rosie, it made sense. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, Bob. You want me to go next, or yeah, you go ahead because I right. agree with Jay. But I have my own I, thoughts no, on what so, I would like to, to do. Jay's so point can... I said, Sino Rider um, is a great idea, and I think eliminating fast pass would mean less lines. I'm sorry, less rides that you go on, but ultimately a better experience. I, I do truly okay. believe that, and I think for once in my life, it would make me not plan and relax and take in how Disney's meant to be taken. You still have to book your dining reservations 395 <laughs> days in advance, so yeah. you, you still have to plan something. However, I love Jay's idea. It's not my idea. So my my idea is a three, three, three bullets, right? So the first thing is what we're introducing is what we call the Fast Pass Elite. Now, the oh, Fast Pass Elite is only going to be available for about 10 Maybe 20%, maybe depends on the time of the year, of all ride capacity attendance. So, again, that would equal to about 15,000 passes per day. So, I think there's about 150,000 people that visit all the six parks. So, that's total. So, that's not per park. That is no. total on property. Total, so, about, let's say, 150 mm-hmm. to, you know, about 150,000 people per day. So I would say 10 to 20% of those people are allowed to purchase purchase a FastPass Elite. So it's going to be very elite that it's only a small amount of people that have this. Now, it's going to cost you, though, and it's not going to be cheap. You can pay. There's two paid options. You can pay $99 per part per person, or you can pay $349, and that includes every ride on the property and what that does is it gets you on every single ride once is that per person per person absolutely so you go with a family of four you're buying a second vacation yes fourteen hundred dollars good god now here we go and that's where you lost jay but (laughs) drew is the ea the ea of disney if, so if you don't get that reference, there's a company called EA Electronic Arts. They caught a lot of flack a couple of years ago because they had a same pay-for-play mentality with their Star Wars Battlefront 2. They caught a lot of flack and actually have started a, a big movement to get rid of what they call loot boxes in games. But anyways, so, Drew is the EA of Disney planners. <laughs> so what, what the more you do? pay, the more preferential treatment so you let get. Me, let me explain this, Jay, because what I think this would do is it would actually almost essentially there it is eliminate almost essentially it would it would pretty much eliminate fast passes my eyes 10% is a small number when you think about these numbers and i'm not i don't know i mean i'd have to see there's a lot of crazy people out there i'm not sure the 10% would sell out every day so you oh, might <laughs> but the the percentage is so small it's that 10% versus that 70% that you really, really shouldn't see it affect the line weight that much. Because, again, you only get to use it once, and, it, and it, it's that small percentage. So that that's where I'm thinking it's really not going to affect the standby lines too much. But for those people that have the money that are really, maybe like Bubba said, don't get to go there very often and save up their money, maybe it's worth it for them to they get to go on everything. Now, I agree with Bubba. There should be no shows that offer 
fast pass. I, I don't think no. that it doesn't exist in this this thing. But my other idea of this, I'm sorry. Speaking of that, no shows. I also think we eliminate all character experience and character meetings. Fast passes. You want to see a character, you wait in line like everybody else. Because you want to talk about a broken system, fast passes, it's 100% characters. Because I'll tell you right now, if a character spends two to three minutes with you, right, say a group of people, that's only 20 groups of people or or, or less that are, are going to be able to see that character in an hour. So if you're in line and you see 15, maybe 20 families in front of you, not counting fast pass, you're in you're in line for several hours. So it, it doesn't work with characters, in my opinion. It just doesn't. Now, what Bob is gonna really try to tear me apart here is my idea of something I call the spectator pass. I'm not tearing you apart for it. I'm just saying that it really doesn't uh, contribute to anything we've talked about today. Because well, if the can no, no. so go does. ahead, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. gonna tell you how it compares. Oh, you can go. I'll let you talk this time for the first time on this podcast. <laughs> let the record show. I'm gonna let Andrew. Fully give his point before I kill him. So the, spect- <laughs> the spectator pass is a $49 ticket that gets you in the part and it allows you to not go on any rides. It allows you to take in the scenery, go out to the restaurants, you can go to select shows, but you're not allowed to go on any ride. Oh. And the, the perfect okay. example is someone, you know, again, that you want to bring along with you, maybe a grandparent. Maybe someone that's not big into the ride thrills. So, you know, they get to go on there and help you out. They could act as your rider swap. They could just go there for enjoyment. Uh, but that's that's my idea. So by doing that, I think what it allows is Disney, I mentioned earlier, Disney pays a lot of people to sit there at a computer all day and look at statistics and how many people enter the park, how many people go on the rides, how many people go on that ride, how many fast passes used. Those people can see how many people are buying these spectator passes. That could help move the flow of personnel around the park, I think, better. You might be able to control a little bit more on maybe capacities. Do I need to add more vehicles or not? And I think it could ultimately impact those capacities. All right, Bob, what do you got? If they can't go on rides, it has zero effect on ride capacity. If they cannot go on rides. It's more of a study. No. <laughs> yes, it is. But we're talking about ride capacity and fast passes, Andrew. If, if this is a ticket to get into the park, to watch grandkids for your parent for, for your kids so your you and your wife can go on a ride, it has zero effect on ride capacity that we've talked about for the last hour. It has nothing to do I, with I, I can honestly say I can say if they're not riding rides, why are they going through the line anyways? It has nothing I mean, to do I can with, say, as, to do as the, the resident person who does not go do roller coasters, I am typically the person who holds stuff for everybody. I just grab their stuff. I may go get a snack or go walk around a little bit while they're in line. I don't go through the line. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe you guys bring up some valid points. I still maybe, like the idea. Maybe you just, I mean, do you work for the company? I know, I know you're a shareholder. <laughs> I think that's your big thing. You just want more money. But I think absolutely. That's what it I is. Just, more money for stuff that's not needed. <laughs> like a spectator pass. Like, 
I, listen, and you know what, guys? I want I want your opinions on Facebook on this because maybe I'm completely off and I'm just not thinking about but, it fourth but, dimensionally. But, but I want you to look but, at it from the other side of you for a second. What if you are a grandparent and you're told that you're going to pay $150 to go? But you're not unless you go for one day. Like, I, I, again, that, that's my I just, point. I, don't I think just you... think about it as, as such an odd choice of ticket because ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know they're going to put the time and effort into it because I don't know that it would sell. I just, and you have select, then you have select shows available. Like I just, I I think there's a tough way to police it. You, we've, we've talked about it offline. And honestly, I think, I think this is another topic for another day with, you can do things. Disney should the top 10 things Disney should invent. You want to do that? That's fine. We could talk about it more in depth. (laughs) I just don't think that there's a legitimate way. Bad idea to police this unless you're going to start scanning wristbands at every yeah. ride you go into and that's yeah. just it's, it's ludicrous it's and then you said something about fingerprint no. and face no, scanning no. technology andrew, <laughs> no, andrew you said all of this you said all of this right big brother is watching no right. listen, I just, it wouldn't I just be that think... difficult a bit I, I don't know it would not be difficult 70 percent of the people today scan the damn wristbands to go on for a fast fast line so you're only increasing it by 30 percent to say that you have to stand your wristband to don't want to ride. They're not going on the ride. I just don't understand why they. I just. Riding. I don't. I'm just. I don't know. I don't know how this. Well, that's how you monitor this, it. I don't know how this ticket that you want to invent or you want Disney to invent because you're a shareholder does anything to the episode we've talked about today. That's all. I, I don't think that this is an a relevant topic for this episode. I guess would be my concern. Yes, I don't disagree. So let's move on. Okay. Okay, for me, <laughs> but for you guys, you have no comments on my uh, fast pass elite because that's that's no. I mean, that's your opinion. Oh, I'm not right, going to kill you on that. I mean, I think ultimately it's very expensive, but it's no more expensive than my solution. So <laughs> let's be honest. I've got two schools of thought on this. Jason came up from South Carolina and punched me in the face when I had my when I floated my first idea earlier in the week. He thought when <laughs> I, I I had said between 149 and, and 200 bucks. Uh, per per person for a trip. So ultimately, for me, is if you look at the current ticket structure at Disney World, they have what we call a water parks and fun option. I think it's called still, and what that allows is X amount of visits to the water parks. I think you get a couple rounds of miniature golf included. Right. Um, you used to get admission to Disney Quest, which we all know is irrelevant at this point. I don't know if right, they will can... add the NBA experience to that because there is an admission fee for the NBA experience that we talked about a few weeks ago. So for me, I would just make it a ticket option that if you want fast passes, this is how I would break it down. It would be um, iffy on the price. It would be 149 or, or 200 bucks per ticket per person that would be the length of stay whether it's three days whether it's eight days it's a flat add-on option and what you would do is you would get one ride on every ride at the park now i wouldn't do every ride at the park i would do every fast pass attraction and i would streamline the hell out of what they're offering for fast passes (laughs) so again that's not necessarily my preferred option i think that's more of a realistic way on how disney would go i don't know that they would take anything off of the fast pass list at that point, they may just make it a, you get on every ride once similar to Andrews. Mine's a little bit cheaper. Um, and again, mine would be just for length of stay. That's it. And I, I would, I would have limits. It wouldn't be 10%, but, um, 
for me, I do agree with Jason that I honestly would just do a fast pass in general. And people I've talked to over the over the last week since we've kind of gotten feedback on fast passes, and I know Andrew, your mother's going down, and she was talking about it yesterday at the birthday party for Zoe and stuff. So I know we were talking about it with Fred, your brother, and saying, you know, it we would you'd probably instead of getting on fourteen rides a day, maybe you get on ten or eleven, maybe. And that's I think on a but but again, I think what you have to take into consideration is that you wouldn't have the constant 70% of the people getting on the ride in front of you. When you queued up, you know you are one hour away. There's no one jumping the line. Unless the ride breaks down, you are one hour away. And I don't think right now that is how the system is. I think that's an estimated wait time, obviously. But when you get these various groups... People that are going through the fast pass. Right. So, again, we don't know the exact formula for how that is figured out sometimes you see an hour long wait and it's from that point but you get a third of the way into the queue so maybe it's a 40 minute wait so at the end of the day for me i would rather experience 10 or 11 solid attractions that i want to go on and not worry about the 14 to the other three that i might have missed or might not have missed I think it's a cleaner presentation. I do agree with the single rider line. I think it should be at more attractions. But again, I, I don't know what attractions you'd specifically want it for. I don't know if every attraction needs it. I'd have to do more research into single rider. I know Test Track has it and, and Everest has it. and um, I, I don't know that Mission Space has it. I, I don't know that Thunder Mountain doesn't have it. Space Mountain doesn't have it. I'm just thinking of bigger rides. I, I think Not there's a many. single rider. There's a single rider at uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. Yes. Um, so that right. ride would keep it. I don't know that Tower of Terror needs it the way that the ride vehicle is. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, that's you know, I think it's dependent on ride vehicle. I think if you're sitting, uh, in, for instance, let's use Rock and Roller Coaster and and Expedition Everest as the examples here. Uh, they seat two going back 18 rows. So obviously right. in that instance, if you've got a group of three or a group of five, family of five, family of three, any odd number, you need a single rider to fill that because I'm a big fan of getting every ride car filled. That's, yep. that's yep. my own thing. I personally would do away with the fast pass system altogether. If you're going to twist my arm and make me do it, I'd almost prefer it go back to the paper system where you had to just get your one for one and then just go through the park that way. I, I think, agree. I, I think what it would do was open up people to realize how beautiful these parks are. Cause uh, again, they invest billions of dollars in these parks and you're going to see it at the studios when that gets, when that gets reopened and well, not reopened, but when it gets everything that's done to it, when, when Mickey and Minnie opens the, 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 the runaway mine train, uh, the runaway train earlier in, in, in 2020 and galaxy's edge is open and, and you get a little bit more going on in that park. The theming in that park, from you walking down Sunset and Hollywood Boulevards, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful park, and you just is, you, yeah. don't, you don't care now, because um, you know what it is—you lose that sense because you're so focused on getting to your 8 a.m. fast pass to, to Slinky, and then you got to come back and, and go currently right now to Tower of Terror because that was a B right now, and then you go over to you know at a you know, Frozen. And, and I'll tell you what that that Star Wars stage that's set up right there. I mean, nothing is a Star Wars show. It, it's a good show, but the stage is awful. How it's positioned? Oh, it's a horrible. So, so, so in a perfect world, and, and that stage isn't going anywhere. They just kind of redid it to make it more mobile. So I don't know that the show's going anywhere. But in a perfect world, 
Jay, and I don't mean this personally. First of all, the first thing that goes for me is the launch bay over and in the animation courtyard. That's gone. See ya. The stage show, gone. If you want to do the nighttime spectacular and roll that stage out at night from backstage and do a nighttime show, that's fine. Captain Phasma can still kind of walk around the area between... Um, star, between Star Tours and Galaxy's Edge, kind of, I think that needs to be the home base of, of what the Star Wars activity is. I, I think the problem becomes, and this is a different podcast topic for, for, for later on, the problem with that park in particular is that right now Star Wars is so spread out, I think you're going to lose, a, I don't want to, you're not going to lose a lot of interest in the park, but that park right now needs something on that right side of, of the park. You got Lightning McQueen open now. I don't know, Andrew, is that Fast Pass available or not? No, no fast pass. No, you right. know what? It's not needed. It's a show. Oh, there you go. I no show, and yeah. we all stand on this topic. Yep. No show would have a fast pass at I'll all. You, it's Here funny. It's there's it's a big theater, but there's a lot of dead space. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've weird. seen pictures. I've seen the video yeah. of it. It, it does. Dead it, space. It, it, I think it, you're it, wrong. Ride that that haunted mansion. <laughs> oh, this guy. This guy. But I think ultimately guys, dropping dad puns. Jesus. <laughs> Just not beat it with to to death, but no shows that I, I personally I'm an anti fast pass guy. Based on this week of research, I would say I don't know that the benefits outweigh the I don't know the benefits outweigh the the, the minuses anymore. Oh, agree. And, and and the last two things I want to say about it is is one, Bob. I actually really like the idea that you have with uh, set a price, but give give the people more than just a fast pass on that price. And I really like that idea, and I think. I think it sells people a lot easier than yeah. changing the mentality of fast pass is free, fast pass is free. Oh, now you have to pay for it. However, you say, well, you know, it's now included in our bonus park hopper that includes the water parts. It includes fast right. pass. Oh, by the way, it also includes photo pass. You know, so it, you. you oh, I don't know if that's ever happening on this coast. <laughs> I mean, that that benefit would probably be four hundred bucks a ticket at this point. But, but I mean, but my point is, is, I think people would be a little more optimistic and open to it. Well, if it was I a think package, it's a slide. It's, it's, it's a slide. The extra added value. I completely agree. I can see they would see that. Personally, with me, I'm just an advocate for you're paying enough already. You don't need to have one more thing to nickel and dime them with. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Um, but ultimately, it seems like we all agree in a way that we we don't agree with the way Fast Pass is. Um, it can work and to your benefit every once in a while, and if you do it right, maybe a lot of the time. But I think we all agree we would be better off without it. Um, I mean, do you guys yeah. have any other things you want to say about it before we move on? Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, I think you're going to lose a little bit of how many rides you might get on in a day. But I think in this instance, it's a fair trade-off for what you're going to gain from just being there and not having to worry about, oh my god, and we've talked about it, but not having to worry about getting from point A to point B to point C yep. in three hours because you this fast, this fast, fast. I think you'd enjoy your vacation more. You'd enjoy the parks more, and the parks are beautiful. Jay, I know you're not a fan. Animal Kingdom itself is a beautiful park. It's beautifully designed. Oh, yeah. It's massive. Visually, it's amazing. But you could get lost in that park now without having to worry about going from the safari yep. to, to the to. But because let's think about it. There, the safari is in one corner, Everest is in another, and Pandora's on the other side of the park. I mean, and that's that's a gigantic park. You're going to spend your whole day walking, focused to get to one attraction to another, and you're riding three rides. Yeah, and that's uh, there it is. 
and 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 really quick too. I I know one of the things I I meant to bring up was I believe when Disney originally came up with this idea of a fast pass, um, the idea was to get people out of the line queues and into the walking areas. Right? They wanted people right. spending more money. So if you walk around, the parts are crazy shoulder to shoulder, and it's true. If you want to go get a Dole Whip, you want to go get a pretzel. The lines are crazy now. It, right. and it, it's well, getting well, again, people out of the line and it's getting them into the park. So what's happening is that because they're only going, they're, you've lost the art of going to wait in the queue at this point. That's what's happened. Is that they're going from Splash Mountain and, oh, our fast pass for Pirates isn't for another half hour. What are we going to do? Oh, we're not going to go queue up for no. the Tiki Room or the Jungle Cruise because we're going to miss our fast pass time. And, and I did it. I, I just did it. I, I had to wait a half hour for my Splash Mountain because you're planning so far in advance and then you get there and things happen faster than you thought in your mind. I had right, 30 right. minutes to kill and I was like, well, I'm already over near Splash Mountain. This, where am I going to go? I'll, I'll just wait here and I'll get a pretzel and I'll get a drink. Oh, there right. is no place worse in any of the parks you're than stuck. that area between Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain. It is terrible over there. And you're there. just stuck. Terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think that was a really good conversation. Actually, at the end of the day, I think we're all in an agreement in a way. Um, so, again, like Bubba said earlier, I, wanna, I want you guys to reach out to us, whether it's email, Facebook, wherever, and let us know your opinions on FastPass. I'm definitely curious to see what you know what everyone else thinks of. But, but that's going to wrap up the main topic this week. And we got a little thing special for us. Let's move on over to the Random House of Mouse. Start knocking at the House of Mouse. Yes, everybody's favorite segment is back. Random House of Mouse tonight is going to look at the Disney guy's uncensored personal favorite souvenirs. Could be anything from a pressed penny to a pin to, dare I say, T-shirts or books? (laughs) Well, let's get into it, guys, because clearly Disney does one thing great, and that is souvenirs. They will sell and package anything. You name it. Lunchboxes, you got it thermoses you got it mugs andrew i know you're a mug guy i am a mug guy mugs man they get the they get the we were there or the local uh, yep. starbucks mugs those things are beautiful yep. uh, again you've got the mickey ears and the, the spirit jerseys and all sorts of jewelries and and my my wife has a case spade disney wallet i mean it's out of control what you can get there um let's start though drew i well, let's start with yeah. Drew tonight. Yeah, so it's funny because you say mugs, and I, I actually, that's not on my list, but I will say quickly, I, I do try to get at least one Disney-themed mug every time I go and bring it back. I'm a big coffee guy, so I like changing it up. But my favorite personal souvenir is um, a few trips ago, uh, actually really once we started going with the kids, we decided to, every time we'd go, we would buy one and bring it home. And what we're talking about is the, the Brito dare I say, statues or figures. Now, what I'm talking about is you've all seen them, whether you know what I'm talking about or not. They are the super, super colorful, very breakable um, statues, right? They, they're usually anywhere from a few inches up to maybe eight inches. Um, and I think we, the first trip we got uh, Pluto, we have Tinkerbell, and we have Stitch. So again, those are um, my favorite go-to we must get one every time we go to bring it home. Kind of a you know memorabilia to say, I remember that trip we got that one. Yeah, Drew, I got to tell you, I have a couple of those myself. 
Um, off the top of my head right now, I know we have an Oswald one that is really a prized possession for me. Oh, uh, I like Brito, that one. Yeah, the, the Brito statues or collectible figures, whatever you want to call them. I know we've had some conversation back and forth <laughs> on what they actually are. Are, are fantastic little colorful little things. I mean, some of them are bigger. Some of them get pretty big. I know we have Belle. She's a little bit smaller. I mean, the smaller ones are great little collectibles for the kids. I mean, they're not toys either. I mean, they do run, what, 20, 30 bucks or so, I think. Right. Uh, so they're fairly affordable, too, in that regard. Uh, but, but, Jay, did you have a personal favorite souvenir? Yeah, sure. And, and this kind of started uh, when my wife and I went when we were shortly after we were married, I was looking around kind of like, you know, what do I want as a souvenir? I've pretty much got what I want. I went with the pins. I enjoy pin trading. Well, I guess I, I'm more of a pin collector. My my youngest daughter is the trader. But it doesn't matter what you like. There's something in the pins that you can pick that's that's part of your particular fandom or things you like. They've got pretty much everything from rides, characters, and we're talking not just the characters that are currently being shown. I mean, I can remember I got my my Darkwing Duck stuff, my Rob, Roger Rabbit stuff. They've got a little bit of something for everybody in pins. And they've got a wide range of pricing on them as well. You can get something that's super cheap or you can go for the high end, which is somewhere around, you know, 25, 30 bucks. Oof. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's definitely one of those that's great for the kids, great for the adults, especially the higher-end collectible ones that are limited to certain times of year. Obviously, more along the lines of those $25 to $30 ones. I know when we were down for around Christmas time this past year, uh, there was like a Chip and Dale little like calendar one that, you know, this many days till Christmas, I, I think it was uh, 25 or 28 bucks. But that was one that, you know, we clearly was a little bigger, and we got you know, as almost a Christmas decoration for the house. So I can, you can spend a ton of money on pins though, man. Oh my goodness. A lot of money on, on pins, but is there a specific pin you have in your collection that you, uh, you wouldn't part with? Uh, quite a few actually, but I think one that I, I really do enjoy, it was a limited edition run that my wife got me for Christmas. It is uh, one of the characters from Tron Legacy getting ready to throw it a uh, data disc. Oh, so you must be very excited about the Tron roller coaster coming. Man. Excellent. Excellent stuff. <laughs> you know Excellent. it. No, so so we, we've, got, we've got these, these, these statues. We've got the <laughs> pins. Okay, two, two different worlds there. I originally was going to talk about Vinylmation figures, and, and friend of the show, Matt Bromberg, is a big fan of, of Vinylmation figures, too. I know that we had traded a few. These are little three-inch vinyl figures is what they are. they 10 bucks a piece, blind box. You don't know what you're going to get. I'm going to double dip, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the rules here on my own little house of mouse segment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the rules. I'm going to drop two on you just as a double dip, because there is something that I thought of while we're listening to the two of you talk about these things. So there's an artist out there, Larry Dotson, who does a lot of, uh, not hand sketches, but he does a lot of prints of certain pavilions in Epcot, a lot of the pavilions, a lot of the World Showcase pavilions. He's done a bunch of stuff about the World Showcase, uh, not World Showcase, sorry, uh, Haunted Mansion. Uh, he's done a lot of the resorts. They're, they're 11 by 14 matted. They go, you know, 20, 20, 30 bucks a piece. He, he's usually there a few times a year, too, doing signing events and whatnot. So I would say we have 
Oh boy, we have an Animal Kingdom one of the Tree of Life. We have a Wishes one, which I'm actually very excited we have that because now that we know Wishes isn't going to be, you know, Wishes isn't there anymore, it kind of allows me to kind of uh, remember Wishes in a way that uh, that was very well done artistically. We do have, um, oh boy, we have a Holiday, we have a Haunted Mansion one as well. Like I said, these are just nice little prints that you can frame them hang them up and you know what they're not overly disney i know a lot of people well you hang you hang disney stuff listen you're talking to a guy that has the disney parks posters hanging up in his dining room <laughs> uh, w- with some of these pictures so ultimately god bless my wife for for allowing these things but for me the little prints that larry dotson does you can get them i mean there's a ton of them on ebay and amazon still and a lot of the stores the art of disney in uh disney springs near rainforest cafe and uh, once upon a toy uh, also uh, has a ton of these prints there again larry dotson they go about 20 30 bucks a piece depending on what you're looking at but and i think andrew you might have actually been with me when i actually met larry yes uh, yep. he, um, uh, and, and i met him and, and he uh he had done a personal personalized one was that down at for, uh disney marketplace no it was actually at the shop in norway Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it was torrentially raining, and we were walking around, and we we're like, well, "Who the hell is this guy?" And it was. It ended up being Larry, and and he was signing his prints, and and he did personalize. That's right. It was exactly. an odd spot. And I'll be honest with you, what a great guy. What a really nice guy. Took his time to say hello to everybody that went up to him. And again, I mean, he's not necessarily well known, but in the Disney community for his artwork, he is. He's a fairly well known guy. He's got. I'm looking at one right now. He's got a beautiful. 11 by 14 on Amazon. If you want it on eBay, if you want it matted, it's 30 bucks. It's uh, it's of the Morocco pavilion. And I consider the Morocco pavilion, one of the more uh, aesthetically pleasing pavilions that uh, they do in world showcase. So again, you can check it out. Larry Dotson's his name, Andrew, again, the brittle figures are great. And I don't know that you need much from me, Jay, on trying to sell your pins. I think we all know what the pins are, <laughs> but uh, the, the brittle works that Andrew talked about are beautiful. The pins, some of that artwork is out of this world. And again, the artwork that Larry Dotson does, we all kind of went, I think, a, a way that I expected, to be honest. So that's going to wrap up Random House of Mouse this week. And uh, I'm turn it over to Drew now. Take You're us great. home. And I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode um, of Fast Passes, a broken system. So again, as always, if you have feedback, questions, or comments, please email us, uh, the Disney Guys, uncensored at gmail.com. Uh, and listen, if, if you are on Facebook, and you're not in our group, what are you doing? It's simple. Go to the search, search under groups, the Disney Guys Uncensored. That is where we tell you guys everything that's going on. We post our latest episodes, polls. We share news with you. Um, it's just the place to be. Uh, and lastly, if you really love us, you really like us, you think we deserve money, hey, throw us some money over at Patreon.com, the Disney Guys Uncensored. If not, that's fine. We'll keep giving you the podcast. Um, so... That's going to wrap up this week's episode again. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening to The Disney Guys Uncensored. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. <laughs>